Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. Today is the next installment in our series entitled Kingdom Principles. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Thank you, Steve. I am happy to be with you in this. Some of the favorite things that I like to do is podcast and especially talk about the Word with you, and I pray that our listeners are blessed by this podcast. And uh, if you're out there, please share this with somebody else, a believer that wants to get a little bit extra word throughout the week or maybe in your evening time or in your leisure. So that is our prayer. So yes, we are continuing on and we're going to continue discussing the kingdom principle of humility. And I have a scriptural text I am not going to read from, but if you want to get uh, a little bit extra study in, Matthew chapter 8, 8 through 13, and Luke 18, 9 through 14. James 4 and 10 is our text from what we're going to talk about. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So we are talking again about kingdom principles and specifically talking about humility. And we discussed in our last episode with regards to what uh, where what is the opposite of humility, and it's pride, mm-hmm. and how that pride has uh, uh, three different origins, as it were. And so that's on our last uh, podcast episode, so feel free to check that out. Uh, time constraints allow me to just keep going. So let's build upon what we learned from that last one. Sure. So God has a blessing on humility. I think that every true believer, uh, and I said this even in the last episode, I think it's apropos to say it again, I think it's important that even as humans, we need to just walk in humility. It's just better living. It's a better way to live. It is. And people appreciate that. And you feel better because you, you know, right. you're wired to do it. <laughs> right, Exactly. But especially a true believer should always strongly seek to receive the blessings of God. I know that's a, that's a pretty basic statement. I get that. But I think what I'm talking about more specifically is that believers should desire to please God. And, and I believe that God loves to please his people. In fact, the Bible tells us that he delights in providing for our needs and he loves blessing us. And we know we can't earn the blessing of God, the, the, the grace and mercy of God. But I do also think while God wants to bless us, it's possible that we can prevent God from blessing our lives. Mm. James wrote in 1 Peter 5 and 5, he said, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Listen. For God resisteth the proud, and he giveth grace to the humble. So when we give in to the human inclination towards pride, we create a barrier between us and God. And why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? And so I think it's important that in this episode, we lay this foundation on this understanding that we need to be clothed with humility because God resisteth that. Now, it's almost as if he gives the Heisman pose for you sports lovers out there, <laughs> that he gives the, the, the stiff, stiff arm. arm, a good stiff arm <laughs> to the proud. And he, but, but he also brings in the grace 
and he gives, uh, or bring in the humble, and he gives them grace on that. So while humility cannot purchase the blessing of God, humility opens us up and it prepares us to receive his blessing. What is the ultimate blessing? His presence. Yes. His, his relationship, his willingness just to be there with us, not for us. So God has placed a high premium on humility. He places the humble soul directly in the path of blessing. He, he, he honors them. He lets them have honor. And then they're eventually exalted. So in other words, when, isn't this a dichotomy? When we live humble, God will allow you to be honored, to be exalted, to be blessed. Isn't that interesting? That is. It's, um, it's like that scripture that references about taking up your cross and following him. For he that taketh, who that wants to, that will lose their life for his sake is going to gain it. And I'm paraphrasing. Sure. But who that will try to gain is going to lose it. It's, it's, it's the whole thing. It's about giving God uh, the priority and the preeminence of our life. Uh, Matthew 8, 8 and 9 referenced about a Roman centurion, how that he came to Jesus. And he knew the master could answer his prayer. And he said, the word says, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof now see the humbleness, mm-hmm. but speak the and, and this was a Roman, a non-believer, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And Jesus marvelled at his faith and his humility. We preach about this, about God marveling at his faith, but he marveled also at his humility. And he, this soldier recognized that Jesus had the undeniable power over sickness, and he placed within him faith completely because he knew he couldn't do anything. And if I could just step aside for just a second, when we recognize or rather, if you have come to the, to the end of the road on some things and you've tried everything that you've tried to solve an issue in your life, whatever it is, sure. big or small, and you've come to where you say, I, I'm done, I can't do anything else, I just need to just let go of it. Well, that's what you need to do. You need to let go and give it to God. As the old saying, my old preacher pastor used to tell me, and he would say it across the pulpit, you, you need to just let go and let God. That's right. <laughs> and that's the truth. And so in humility, being humble recognizes that you don't have all the answers. Well, hello, that's not even in my notes. That came free. That's great. I love those kinds of things. God is a, is, it seems to, on our finite minds, I'm sorry for being so corny. <laughs> God's ways, they're, they're very paradoxical to us as humanity because I've already referenced the scripture that I just said about the cross and et cetera and how that God wants to bless us and, and all of that. But before we do, we need to get rid of our pride, be humble, give God all the praise, and God turns around and then lets you be honored. It's just, it's, it's again, a dichotomy. Sure. Um. He died. Here's another one. He died so that we might have life. 
Jesus said, he that, as I referenced, Matthew 10 and 39, he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Paul said this, he understood the paradox, he said, in Philippians 1 and 21, he said, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul wrote later in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, understanding the continual need to promote humility in his own self-interest, he said, I die daily. What was he saying? He was saying, I'm disciplining myself. I'm, I'm making myself submitted unto God. I'm trying to live a humble life. I'm taking the desires of the flesh and, and I'm trying and allowing God to meet those personal interests and cover me. Well, and we have to do that with a, a spirit of intentionality because it doesn't come naturally to the flesh. No, it doesn't. You know, and it dovetails into so many things. When we can become humble, then we can become servants. When we can become humble, we can become helpful. You know, we can uh, have that respect for the other. You know, we can try to help somebody out and lift somebody else up. Yes, exactly right. Yes. And if we don't, let's get back to what we referenced even last episode, and I'll say it again. God will bring down the exalted. Proverbs 6 says there are seven things that God hates. Oh, boy. Proverbs six sixteen through 17, he said, these things, these six things doth the Lord hate. I'm going to tell you, when God hates, that's a big thing. Well, and people don't preach on that very often because God is love and, you know. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> well, we won't get into that one. No, no, because that's a, another. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the six things that God hates, you ready? A proud look. And that's the first one listed. Yeah, a he proud look. Yeah, he kind of carpet bombs all these people yep. that think that it's okay to have have pride. And again, we've already referenced. I'm not. I'm not going to go back into that anymore about what proper pride is. Isaiah two and eleven says, "The lofty looks of man shall be humbled. The haughtiness there it is again. Yep. Haughtiness of men shall be bowed down, and the Lord alone shall be exalted." in that day. So God brings down the exalted. So let's look at the opposite. As we've referenced, God lifts up the humble. Luke chapter 14, 8 through 11 says, when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man that thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, give this man place and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humble himself shall be exalted. Jesus, Steve, used this simple parable to teach about humility and honor all in the same Okay. Uh, teaching. So can you take that parable mm-hmm. and put it into layman's terms for somebody who's driving in their car right now and doesn't know what bidden and bade and all these other things? Sure, sure. Well, I'll try to do this on the fly. It's as if um, there is a ceremony being done and you arrive, even though you have an invitation, and instead of deciding to sit in the lower seats not in, in the ones that everybody's going to see. The Bible, Jesus is referencing this, and I hope I make 
even more sense and sure. don't cloud up, muddy it up more. But that person that would come in and just assumes that they should sit in the higher seats where everybody should see them in this ceremony, whatever it is. So again, making it about them. Making it about them. Look at me, the peacock personality trait. You know what I mean. Instead of going up there, instead just looking at themselves in a humble understanding and and sitting down in the lower seats because it's going to be embarrassing if you're sitting in the wrong seat. <laughs> and as you're intending for everybody to see you as look at me, somebody could tap you on your shoulder and, uh, uh, hey, you're in the wrong seat, man. You got to go down <laughs> the lower one, down there with the, the common rabble. And so, you, you number one, you avoid that. And two, when you're at the lower seats, as it were, uh, the, the less visible, and somebody says, hey, we mean for you to go up higher. We meant for you to be in the more important seats. I hope that's the analogy is a good, strong word. And, and you get to go up, and then you get to enjoy, and then you don't. So it's just, uh, I guess, realizing, A, that it's not about you. Uh, just be happy to be there and, and part of the event. And if uh, you have the grace to be elevated through those actions, then it's even better. Right. I don't. I feel compelled to tell this. It's funny. I hope that the listeners get this. I some friends of mine when we were in high school, we were a bit of a bunch of comedians, or so we thought. No, but we also enjoyed Steve. No, really. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> we love doing this, and and uh, for all of our younger listeners at home, please don't try this at home, or, or if you do, you didn't learn it from me. That's right. Uh, we would always find the the prettiest girl wherever we were at and we knew now you can be pretty and be humble but we always found those girls that were pretty and not humble right <laughs> there's there's more of them so we we made it a point that we would be at a place and we would get their attention and we'd wave at them and just you know smile and wave at them and when they would look like who are they waving at and they would dumbfoundedly wave back we would have a scrunched up look on our face and shake her head. No, as if not you, and then wave them behind and wave at somebody <laughs> else behind them. And that was our little cheap, petty just, way uh, of just taking somebody down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and give them just a little uh, slap across the proverbial. It's like you're forcing them. It's like when Moses ground up those commandments, you're going to get the word. You're yes. going to get a little something today. Yeah, so again, uh, that, uh, that that's from somebody else. That didn't come from me. <laughs> so God, as we learned, as we talked about, that God will take down the exalted, sure, but he also will lift up the humble. So last episode, we talked about where pride comes from and where it derives from. Let's talk about three things that humility does if we decide that we will be humble and live as people that are led by... So these are some benefits, some rewards. Benefits, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear that. I want to know what I'm going to get because right. we're people that are wired that way. That's exactly yeah. right. And again, our goal in this podcast and in my teaching overall in my ministry is that you can take something home as you, in your spiritual toolbox, quote unquote, that you can use and say, I'm apply this, apply this thinking. So humility does this. It works within the heart of mankind to keep in check our unregenerate human will. So number one, what humility does is that it reflects the spirit of Christ. 
First Peter 5, 5 and 6 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. We just read this, but I want to read it again. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Again, that's humility. Mm-hmm. And be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. But then it goes on to say in verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, D-U-E. That means he'll exalt you in the proper time, in the, the best time. So humility reflects the spirit of Christ. So a person can reflect his spirit only when he exhibits also the essence and the character of our Savior. So in other words, we need to live by Jesus. Sure. Well, we teach that a lot. And I teach that to the kids. You know, be Jesus to somebody today. Right. You know, we're called to be strong, salt, and bright light. So go be that. That's exactly. Again, it's that outward reflection of what he's done on the inside so that someone goes, man, I want that. Right. And to continue on the conversation, even in his earthly ministry, Jesus walked and he displayed a a spirit of love and concern. And it was always tempered by genuine humility. Humility. There was nothing artificial about his character. No, and that's what drew so many people to him. Absolutely. Because you want to be around people like that. Absolutely. Yes, some would argue or debate and say, well, it was because all of the uh, the miracles, etc. That didn't come till later. Right. Right? That wasn't the first first couple months at least. Sure. But those that were drawing to him, when they saw who he was, they dedicated his life. Now, we recognize he was the mighty God in Christ. Oh, yeah. But still, he was humble, and it drew people. And humility of heart and soul should flow from their innermost being. Uh, again, that old saying, what's in the well comes out in the bucket. I mean. Uh, I'm going to need you to do that in the old pastor's <laughs> the voice. The voice. <laughs> yes. What's in the well comes out in the bucket. And it's the truth because you can't hide who you are. You can't. You can for short instances, but by and large. It always comes out. The facade people. And this is what I say, too. I'm an animal lover. In fact, almost if my wife would let me, shout out to Melody out there. Love you, baby. If she would let me, I'd live on a farm and I'd have horses and cows and gophers and pigs and I would I would have parakeet. I'd have it all. I'd have it all. I wouldn't be the I wouldn't be the lion guy. What's his name down in Florida? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, the Tiger King. The Tiger King. Yeah, no. you're not gonna be him. No, no, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that. Plus, I don't have a mullet. I, in fact, I don't have too much hair. No, but you he, don't have all those <laughs> sinful traits that he's uh... right. But by and large, I love animals. Uh, oh, I hope I don't lose what I was getting ready to try to say. But it bothers me when animals don't like me. And children, babies, because I love babies. <laughs> now, I know this is silly, and you're going, my God, this guy, he's off in left field. It bothers me when an animal, like a dog or a cat, and a baby doesn't like me. Number one, I feel that an animal and a baby can see right through your facade and who you are. Sure. They- and so when a dog immediately growls at you, I'm going, uh-oh, this is not, <laughs> this is not a good representation. Trust me, dogs really do like me, uh, whoever that is, the owner. <laughs> and the kids, if a kid immediately cries, a baby cries when I'm holding them, oh, and you know what? <laughs> I do that too. I think, well, that dog's growling at you, so you're probably a bad person. 
Anyways, I digress quite a bit there. So sorry. But however, the facade of who we are cannot be a facade for too long. People will see right through fakeness. Well, and I think we're put in situations often where that's tested. Sure. You know, you want to see somebody's color and character? Go out, Like you say all the time, go out to, to lunch with them and see how they treat the server. Perfect perfect example that is the truth yeah. and how they speak to them i mean we have a uh, a robust uh eating out ministry here <laughs> <laughs> and yes you too can be a part of this great join robust us today <laughs> and get your membership card for 18 local restaurants no it's nothing like that but you know oftentimes you'll see like if uh if your food is late, if your food is wrong, right? It's so it's little tiny moments yes. where you can see flashes of what somebody's really like. Yes, exactly true. And and of course, as the pastor, I say, don't go out and claim that you're part of this church if you act like that. That's right. The second thing that humility does is that it presents a spiritual example for all of humanity. So what a nice segue, Steve. <laughs> Humans develop opinions of others in the first few minutes of their initial meeting. We do. As salespeople, I've been in construction sales a lot of years before I was pastoring. You can often close or lose a sale based on the first five minutes of your presentation. It's impossible for an individual to, to recover from making a bad first impression. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that you can't, but you got to do a lot of collateral footwork to get back to that. It's just the truth. It, it is. is. And so, considering these things, it's vital that we as believers representing Jesus to the world, we should make a strong, positive impression to the unbeliever so that we might influence them towards a relationship with Jesus Christ. Humility empowers us as believers to present a spiritual example for every person. In the 19th century, a man named Andrew Murray wrote a book titled Humility, and in the writing, Murray states this. He said, It's easy to think we humble ourselves before God, yet humility towards men will be the only sufficient proof that our humility before God is real. It will be the only proof that humility has taken up its abode in us and become our very nature, that we actually, like Christ, have made ourselves of no reputation. So much has been said about the art of mentoring and all that over the years, and, and I love mentoring young men, as, and uh, I think that we need to do that. Jesus gave a, a primer, a master class on mentoring uh, uh, of humility or centered around humility to individuals when he directed in Matthew eleven twenty nine, he said take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls so what better way to learn humility than the spirit of God moving within you Psalms 25 and 9 says the meek shall he guide in judgment and the meek will he teach his way The third thing, and I know that I'm running out of time here, the third thing that humility does to us, Steve, is that it wins God's favor. Proverbs 22 and 4 states that humility will win that favor, and it's evident through the scriptures that God intends to exalt and reward the humble. I'd like to share those with you right now. Psalms 147 and 6 says, The Lord lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. 
Psalms 9 and 12 says, He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Proverbs 22 and 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Isaiah 29 and 19, The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Matthew 5 and 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. James 4 and 6, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And I teach, and this is truth, that if it says it in one place, if it's truth and it's absolute, oh, yeah. it'll say it in another place. I've just given you script, or seven places on where Scripture tells us about the abasing of the exalted and the lifting of the humble. So those that desire to please God and seek blessing, His blessing in your life, should resist the human tendency towards your self-will and rely on the name and the spirit of Jesus Christ to cultivate a spirit of humility within our hearts. So that's it. That's what I have to say about humility. It's important. For those that are listening, I pray, whether you're a believer or whether you're just interested in this podcast or just living in a way that makes people pleased with you is a great thing. But above that, to live a life to, that God is pleased and that when he is pleased, he will bless you. And he doesn't bless you with things and toys and all that other stuff. He does that in other ways, sure. But he blesses us with his presence and his favor. And you can't beat that. There's nothing better. Nothing better. No, no. Because when you get a hold of his peace... There's yes. nothing. Yes, his peace is far greater than anything that's in that bank account that's or exactly right. anything else that I could have. That's of this world. People pay millions to get peace. Millions. Well, that's all the time we have for this study today. I pray that this was a blessing for you, and that you'll join us as we continue to study God's word. Please follow us on our various platforms so that you won't miss an episode of this exciting series. Uh, please like and share this. Tell a friend. Um, hey, leave a comment. You know, leave a question. Now, wait a minute. Remember what I said. That thing that I told you in the middle of the podcast, you didn't learn that from me. That's right. So don't be coming back on that. But we always uh, we always strive to uh, to reach people and to, to just spread, right. you know, spread the gospel. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.